Good evening. Uh, thank you for joining us online, and thank you for joining us in person. We're going to be continuing on with our Truth for Living series, where we're going through a catechism uh, that is going coinciding with what the children are going through in the back, in the, and we're on the theme of God's greatness, the second theme, and we're continuing on with this theme as we're going more specific about God's attributes. And so just to review, to go back through, uh, we're going to be on question seven tonight, but let's first go through uh, the first six questions. The first question was, does God re reveal in his word that he is greater than us? And the answer is yes. The supporting verse, the memory verse uh, for the children was Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The second question was, what is our great God like? And the answer is, our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once and from this answer we're, we started in the following questions breaking this answer down and what it means for God to be invisible eternal all-powerful all-wise as we'll be talking about tonight and always everywhere at once the supporting verse for this was Job 40 verse 9 have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? The third question, did God ever have a beginning, or will he have an end? And the answer was no, God is eternal. He always has been alive and will always be alive. The supporting verse was from Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The next question was, does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? And the answer is no, the Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. The supporting verse for that was Malachi 3.6, for I, the Lord, do not change. The next question was, does God have a body like human beings do? The answer, no. God is a spirit invisible to our human eyes. John 4, 24 was the supporting verse for this. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And our previous question was, how powerful is God? God is omnipotent, which means that he is all-powerful and can do anything he pleases. The verse for that was Jeremiah 32, 17. Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And so as we continue on to go through uh, God's character and his greatness. Uh, we're continuing on to talk about what God knows. 
So today's question, question seven is, what does God know? Does anybody, is there anyone that would like to try to answer this? What does God know? Everything, okay. He knows everything. The question, the answer is God is omniscient, which means he knows all things, even the secrets of our hearts. And so we're continuing on with this question, um, with talking about God's attributes, now with another omni um, word. The first one that we approached was omnipotent, meaning that he was all-powerful. And tonight, we're going to talk about his omniscience, meaning his all-knowing. God knows all things, even the secrets of our hearts. The supporting verse for this is 1 John 3.20. God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Omniscience means that God knows all. He has a perfect, complete knowledge of both himself and that what, in, in what he created. He has an unlimited knowledge. So God's knowledge is unlimited. As God is infinite, he is an infinite being without a beginning, without an end, without um, any limit to his power. There is no limit to his knowledge. The doctrine of omniscience refers to God being infinite in knowledge and his understanding of things that are past, present, and future. And the Bible portrays God's knowledge as unlimited, comprehensive, meaning that it's it could, um, of everything, and it is perfect or complete in every way. Psalm 147, verse 5, says, Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. We cannot even comprehend or begin to understand the vast knowledge of God. And God knows himself as an infinite being, only an infinite being could understand infinitely that completely his knowledge and knowledge of himself. Only God can fully know himself. Romans eleven thirty three through 34. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? God's knowledge is superior to ours. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's knowledge is more than we could ever even imagine or begin to even comprehend. And he fully knows himself. He knows 
and understands himself. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. In Matthew 11.27 Christ speaks about how he knows the Father and the Father knows him and that they are one together. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Christ knew the Father's will perfectly. He said, there is nothing that I do outside of my Father's will. He is all wise in his plans, in his purposes. God knows perfectly his plans, but he also knows how those plans will work out. He is perfect in knowledge and wisdom, and he has planned perfectly redemption of his people, building his church, and the triumph of his kingdom. His knowledge and his wisdom exceeds anything that we could ever imagine. And who can teach him? No one could come and try to teach him or, or show something to God that he doesn't already know. And nothing will surprise him. God's knowledge is complete, meaning that he has complete knowledge over everything, not only himself, but his creation. There's nothing hidden from God. Hebrews 4.13 says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. Notice that God sees everything. There's nothing hidden from him. And we are going to give an account. He knows everything that he created, and he knows it from the past, and the present, and the future. In Job 32, 4 through 5, when God is rebuking Job, he asks, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched a line upon it? He's saying and proving to Job that he doesn't know all that God knows. God knows everything from the beginning, and his perfect knowledge came to create and to uh, perfectly put this world together. That if we were any closer to the sun, we'd burn up, and if we were any further away from the sun, we'd not be here. And so God's perfect knowledge created everything. And God knows the present. He knows everything that's going on. Psalm 33, 13 through 15. The Lord looks down from heaven, and he sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all of the inhabitants of the earth, who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. There's nothing hidden from God. God is 
as we'll see the next question, that God knows all things and he is present in all ways. He sees everything that happens and there's nothing hidden. And there's nothing that surprises him. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. And so God's perfect wisdom and perfect knowledge allows him to plan out and know everything. There's nothing that surprises him. And we see that Jesus demonstrates God's omniscience, that Jesus knows the hearts of man. Jesus knew God's will, the God the Father's will, and he knew of his um, the betrayal that was going to happen through Judas Iscariot. And so for one example of how Jesus knew the future, Matthew 26, 34, when Jesus was talking to Peter, he said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So God's perfect knowledge knows our hearts. God's knowledge is personal. God knows us. God knows us intimately. And such knowledge is something that should make us worry or be uh, concerned. Knowing that if we're unrighteous and we don't have faith in him, he knows everything that we do. He knows our hearts. He knows what we're thinking. And there's a confidence for those who have faith in him that he sees everything that we do and he takes interest in everything we do. He knows every detail. He knows every detail of our lives. He knows our needs. Matthew 6, verse 4, when Jesus is telling the disciples not to pray like the Gentiles with many words, but to pray like this, and he, he instructs them on how to pray. But he also says not to go out and pray on the sidewalks to be seen. But, or to do your good deeds in front of people. He says that the Father who sees you in secret will reward you. In verse 8 of Matthew 6, do not be like them in regards to the Gentiles. For your Father knows what you need before you ask. He even knows the details of our lives. He knows when, the, when a bird will fall. And he says that he knows every hair that's on our head. Matthew 10, 30. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. And if, we're, if, Christ, if God was asked how many stars were in the sky, he would know. He knows. But he wouldn't have to think about it or recall this. this all this perfect knowledge is at the very forefront 
of his mind. It's not something he needs to think about or go count. He knows everything perfectly. In Psalm 139, the psalmist describes God's omniscience, and he breaks it down into several different uh, aspects of God's all-knowing. He knows our actions and our thoughts. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 2. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. He is saying that he knows his actions, that God knows when he will even get up or sit down. And just using that as a figure of speech to talk about, no matter what I do, you know. And you know my entire being. Verse 3 of Psalm 139, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted in all my ways. God knows the, what we're doing and what we intend to do. He knows the intentions of our heart. And he even knows the words we're going to say before we even say them. In Psalm 139, verse 4, Even before a word was on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you knew it altogether. The psalmist understood that God was all-knowing. And that nothing was hidden. That he couldn't do anything apart from God knowing him. And he continues on in verse 16. Your eyes saw me, saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. That God knows the day that we're being formed, the day that we will die on this earth, every day in between, and he knows everything about us. He knows our past, our present, our future. He knows uh, what we'll be doing tomorrow, what, he, what we had for dinner. He knows everything, but he also knows our heart. And so this is something that we need to really look at and think about. As the answer says that God is omniscient, which means he knows all things, even the secrets of our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows our sin. He knows our motives. We can see that in Genesis 6, 5. When the Lord was looking down on the depravity of man, he was looking at everyone, and he saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, that there was so much depravity and so much sin, God can see that. And we often will look at the outward. We would look at appearances, but God looks at the heart. When looking at who, which one of Jesse's sons was going to be anointed to be king, Samuel uh, was looking at Jesse's sons, and he was told that 
that reference is not copyright. But he was told that God does not look at what man looks at. God does not look at the outward, but instead God looks at the heart. That God judges the motives of the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. That even we cannot understand our own hearts. But God knows, and God searches our hearts, and he tests our mind. He knows everything. And so as I said before, this is a great warning to those who are unrighteous. But it's also a hope for those who have confidence, a hope for those who have faith in Christ. There's a confidence knowing that God's understanding is above ours and that we can trust in him. Matthew 9, 4. Jesus knew the hearts of men. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your thought, in your hearts? Again, in Luke 5, 22, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? John 2, 24 through 25, but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. See, we think that we know best. We think that we know what we need to know. But we, our knowledge is, is incomplete. And if we think that we know, we don't know as we ought. We see in Proverbs 16, verse 2, that all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs his spirit. Again, in Proverbs 21, 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. We think we know it all, and we think we know that what's best for us. We think that we can be in control of our lives. But we're to know that God is the one who has perfect knowledge, perfect wisdom, and he knows our hearts. And he knows our hearts completely, more than we could ever know. He knows all of our sin, and even the sin that we don't know, the sin that is hidden in our hearts. So we should approach God praying the prayer that the psalmist prayed in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Not only can we examine our own hearts, but we need to pray that God would reveal the secrets of our hearts, that he would reveal the sin in our hearts. And so we should trust in him and not lean on our own understanding. 
but in all ways we should acknowledge him. We should trust in God's perfect knowledge, and he will direct our paths. So looking at what does God know, God not only knows himself completely and fully, he knows his creation. God is omniscient, which means he knows all things. He knows every, anything that is true, he knows. Well, it, he knows the false, but what I'm saying is the, the facts, if we were to discover something, if we were to learn some kind of fact, God already knows that. He is perfect in all of his knowledge of his creation. And also he knows the secrets of our hearts. 1 John 3.20b God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. So as we think about God's perfect knowledge, it should really be on, the, on our minds as we go throughout our day, knowing that he knows everything in our hearts. He knows the secrets of our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows every word that we're going to say and that we have said. There's nothing hidden from the Lord. So let us not look to be like Ananias and Sapphira who had lied to God, who then was punished. But we should know that God knows everything. And there's nothing that we can hide from him. And also that our knowledge is nothing compared to his knowledge. Compared to what God knows, we know little to nothing. And that our knowledge is not ever fully encompassing the issues that we approach. We only know things in part. And we do not know what is best for our sake. But we need to look to God because he knows what is best for us and we must trust in him. And God's knowledge of us and knowledge of our sin should push us to purify ourselves, to rid ourselves of sin, to put off unrighteousness. We can often think that we can fool other people by our speech, by our actions. We can even fool ourselves thinking that we're good or that we're doing the right thing or that we're walking in faith. We can deceive ourselves, but we cannot deceive God. We can never fool God, and God knows our hearts. So let us go to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you are a a great God, greater than we would ever know, greater than we could ever imagine, that you are perfect in your knowledge and your wisdom, that you can use what is intended for evil for your purposes, for your good, that you can do all things perfectly, that you know us, that you come to know us personally, not just as a God overseeing us, but that you come and you make your home in us and that we may know you intimately. I pray, Lord, that you would 
examine our hearts and that you would show us and bring forth the hidden secrets of our hearts and give us more faith to trust in you and trust in your perfect knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for your greatness and who you are. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. Have a great evening.